0: The bottom line in business. Voice America Business.
1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now, here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
2: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Lynn O'Shaughnessy, uh, who is a personal finance journalist and uh, an author, and she's done a new book called The College Solution a guide for everyone looking for the right school at the right price. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Well,
3: thanks for inviting me, Jordan. I appreciate it.
2: Sure. Let's start with the just kind of the overall situation about college. Uh, give us a sense of kind of what's happened to college prices and, and, and why tuitions are up so much and and what that's doing for affordability for people wanting to go to college these days.
3: Well, yeah, the price, I mean, it is kind of obscene because the prices of college have gone up higher than inflation for quite a while as measured by the College Board, and part of that is because um, they can. I mean, people want to go to college, you know, college degrees are highly valuable and uh, it's been kind of a supply and demand situation. Plus, you know, when you go on these college tours or if you look on a college's website, you want to see, you know, beautiful cafeterias, wonderful student unions, um, new buildings, right? I mean, so that's what they're doing. Colleges are providing the things that that kids and parents want, but there is a cost to all that. The one bright part about all this is the number of kids who are actually heading to college has finally peaked. It was supposed to be next year, but it actually peaked this spring. So from from now on in, there are going to be fewer kids um going to college, which can be a good thing for all of the parents and teenagers out there. And there's some parts of the country that are even hurting more, like um, the Midwest, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, places like that that are going to be willing to give your kid a better deal because they need to fill their their seats. So it's changing,
2: uh, going forward, it's going to be changing the supply-demand d- yes. uh, imbalance we've had recently?
3: Right. I mean, it's going to be slow, but, you know, some uh, some states have already felt it. Some of the states, you know, like I mentioned, um, are more eager to, to give kids a better deal because, you know, they've got these fixed costs. They need kids to come in and pay those tuitions or at least uh, partial tuition because there are lots of discounts to be had if you know where to look.
2: Tell us a little bit about the value of a college education. A lot of people would say today, you know, so many people are going to college, it doesn't have the value it, it, it used to. Well, what is the value both in, in terms of earning potential and, and just development of a person?
3: Well, I mean, you can earn, you know, over a million dollars more if you, if you have a college education. And frankly, because there are fewer jobs, say, in the manufacturing sector, less good blue-collar paying jobs that provide pensions and health care, I mean, there's, uh, you know, less opportunities for kids who decide not to go to college. So I think some kids who might have just learned to trade in the past are thinking, geez, we better get that degree. Mm-hmm. And I think it also, you know, it can really be a wonderful experience to go to college. It can open up your mind. You can end up learning about subjects that you never knew about, or you can learn things that you've always wanted to learn but you couldn't in a high school setting. And also, one of the wonderful things about college is you can meet kids in, in, in some colleges from all over the country or even the world, and it can really open up your eyes.
2: What are the general trends in college today as far as the percentage of high school seniors going to college, and is that rising or falling?
3: Um. Yeah, it's around, ran. I, I, you know, I can't. I don't know the exact percentage, but as a, it has been rising, but um, you know, it's kind of peaking off now. So I can't. I don't have. I mean, I could probably in the next. That's okay. The next. I, I've got all these statistics in the uh, Chronicle of Higher Education's almanac. It's all here. I just don't have them all. at okay. The top That's of fine. my head.
2: Basically, that the the story you're saying in this book, the College Solution. Is uh there is money available, you can get financial aid it is more affordable right. uh than a lot of people think right. there's, there's probably certain people that are just intimidated by the whole process oh yeah, and maybe just only apply to a state school because they don't think they can. Qualify for financial aid for a private mm-hmm. school or something like that. What, what right. are some of the myths about financial aid being available enough? Well,
3: that's true because, like for instance, where I live, um, and you find this more—you find this a lot back in the West, but also actually in the South and um, some parts of the Midwest. Most kids go to the state institutions. In California, eighty-four percent of students here go to um, state schools. Wow. Uh, for uh, either community colleges or uh, state universities, whereas contrast that to um, Pennsylvania, where fifty-five percent of kids go to state schools. So the, you know, back in the in the East Coast, there's more of a private uh, school tradition, but there is an opportunity there because if you live in a place like California or or Texas, where eighty-seven percent of the kids um, go to state schools, um, these kids are actually. Lots of schools elsewhere in the country would love to have kids from, say, California or Texas or Louisiana or Washington State, where the kids rarely wander past their state boundaries. And one of the reasons why schools love kids um, from elsewhere in the country is because it helps their geographic diversity. Um, They love to say, hey, you know, look, we've got kids from San Diego and California if they're like a school from Pennsylvania or Ohio, you know, or if they're a school in Minnesota, they'd love to get kids from Florida or, you know, Georgia. And so that is one of the things, particularly with um, private schools, that's one of the um, ways that you can get a tuition discount is by being different. You know, if most of the kids are from the the mid-Atlantic states, if you're from somewhere else, the schools are going to sit up and take notice of you. Even if your, you know, GPA and SAT might not be quite as good as some of the other kids, you still can be very valuable.
2: Okay, before we get into some of the details, just tell people about the, uh, the website for the book and how they can find out more. Uh, okay. Get well,
3: my uh, website for the book is, is actually the, the same as the name of the book. It's thecollegesolution.com. So if you go to www.thecollegesolution.com, you can learn more about my book, and you can also, there's a link to uh, my blog. I have now have a college blog, um, so you can learn a lot more about college if you just go visit the blog. And you can also, if you want, order the book through my website. Very
2: good. All right, let's start with the process uh, of finding uh, a college that's right for you in the first place. So part three of the book is uh, finding a great academic fit. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things people should look for in, in uh, finding a, a college that people are going to like academically?
3: Okay. Well, one of the things I think um, that you should do is make sure at the very beginning, I tell people, find out where you stand on financial aid. Are you going to get financial aid or not? Because there's some wonderful academic fits for you, but you have to under- answer that question. Um, so the first thing you should do is go to. Uh, you can go to the College Board, or you can go to uh, the FAFSA website. Just Google FAFSA, F-A-F-S-A, or FineAid.org, which is a great uh, website for financial aid. Go on any of those sites and find the financial the financial aid calculators. Okay. Once you do that, you fill out some some of your um, uh, financial information, and you don't have to. Have, you can be, your your child could be a freshman or sophomore in 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 high school. You don't have to wait until the very last minute, and that will give you some idea if you if you're going to need need based aid or if you're going to get merit aid. Okay, mm-hmm. um, merit aid kids would be those where the parents are too affluent, um, so so they're not going to. It's pointless to apply to schools where they don't give any. Um, Merit money, And an example, for instance, is I like to give is in Washington, D.C. If you've got a really bright kid and she wants to go to Georgetown University, Georgetown doesn't give any merit money. They only give need-based financial aid for kids, you know, who are middle class, lower middle, you know, or poor kids. Okay, so if if a, a fluent kid applied to Georgetown, she'd get zero money. And yet if she went across town to George Washington University, they love to give you know, smart kids um, merit money at George Washington University. In fact, the average merit money package that more affluent kids can get at George Washington is $23,000 a year.
2: So these school-by-school st- school differences you There's, talk about in the book.
3: Exactly, and you need to know... Um, When you're looking for great academic matches, okay, I'm a kid who is going to get need-based aid, so I want to look for schools that give really good need-based packages. Like an example I give for that is in New York City, Columbia University is great for kids who, you know, come from modest backgrounds because financial backgrounds, because those kids, the school will meet 100% of your need. But if you go across the town and you apply to New York University, NYU, they only give like something like 67, meet 67% of that kind of kid's needs. That's pretty lousy when you consider the school is almost $50,000. So if you go to Columbia, you could walk out without, you know, horrible debt. Okay. Is if you go to NYU, you could have a horrible debt when you
2: walk This is because Columbia has a bigger endowment? Is that the reason for that?
3: Uh, I don't know. NYU is pretty darn, um, wealthy. I I I just wonder why they're so miserly. I mean Mm -hmm. but see, kids don't look at that. They just look at the name and in fact NYU is one of the most popular schools in the country for applications. And yet, you know, they're they're not I don't think they're generous compared to a lot of other schools.
2: So you're saying do the financial need first and then the academic set.
3: Right. Do the you got to run the numbers on the calculator. I mean, they can be rough because your your financial information one year you might make more one year than the other. I mean, though most of the the calculator um, that you will you fill out the you know your data is driven by your income. That's most of it. I mean, some people go, oh, I can't qualify for financial aid because I've got all this money in a retirement accounts, you know, four hundred one k or IRA. That doesn't matter. There's hardly any schools in the entire country that even care about your retirement accounts. And the FAFSA form, the federal financial aid form that everybody's going to fill out if you want to have financial aid, they don't even ask about retirement accounts. And they don't even ask about your house. They don't care if you live in a house, own a house, if it's a a mansion, or if you're living in a one-bedroom studio apartment. They don't ask those questions. So some of the people who feel like there's no way I'm going to get financial aid actually could qualify.
2: Okay. So once you've done the calculation, you have a sense of uh, what kind of financial aid you're going to get. What what are some of the things that people should look for uh assuming the college has passed those financial tests mm-hmm. and getting a good academic fit.
3: Okay. Well, you know, some of the things that that I really like um that I used is one of the things that I really enjoy uh looking at is the Education Trust has this wonderful online site um The address is www.collegeresults.org. Okay, you go to collegeresults.org, and it can tell you a lot of information about any particular school. And one of the things that, um, and one of the things that I particularly like about it is, it tells you um, what the four-year graduation rate is at the school. Because, you know, when you're spending a lot of money as a parent or as a child and you might be taking out loans, you want to get out in four years. But if you look at all the popular, um, you know, guides out there that you can find in the bookstore like Princeton Review and Fist, that sort of thing, they give you the six-year graduation rate. Well, you know, I want my kids out in four. So you can you can type in any school in the country. It will give you the four, five, and six-year graduation rate. What's even cooler is you can compare that. They will provide you with the peers of that school, and you can see how comparable schools do in graduating their kids in four years.
1: Very good. We're
2: going to get more into this uh, much more. My guest this hour is Lynn O'Shaughnessy, who's written a book called The College Solution, A Guide for Everyone Looking for the Right School at the Right Price. And we'll be back after this.
0: internet's only all business and financial radio network voice america business
1: you hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line but what about your bottom line how come no one ever talks about that finally a show dedicated to the worker the crow show with paul mclaughlin the work wonk heard every wednesday at 10 a.m pacific time the crow show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, The Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show, with Paul McLaughlin, The Work Wonk, heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. both their products and services are invited to become members of the money answers network the public can sign up for membership in the money answers network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources to learn more visit www.moneyanswers.com get ahead with money answers
0: the internet's only all business and financial radio network voice america business
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Lynn O'Shaughnessy, who is a personal finance writer, and she's just done a book called The College Solution, a guide for everyone looking for the right school at the right price. Welcome back to the show, ma'am.
3: Thank you very much. Uh,
2: again, tell them your website before we get
3: into Oh, stuff. sure. My website is www.thecollegesolution.com.
2: Okay, and there's a blog there as well. As there's, a blo- where-
3: there's a college blog there, and you can learn more about me in the book.
2: So we were talking about the whole uh, picking of colleges uh, mm-hmm. process here, and you talk about the the rankings antidote and uh, all the kind of hidden colleges out there that may not be high on the rankings talk a little bit about
3: that. Right. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of schools and frankly the you know, US News and World Report, they get the, their highest rankings are for those that uh, you know, that everybody knows about that have really good reputations. For instance, the Ivy Leagues, they they devote a lot of weight in their rankings to just reputation, uh the wealth of a school and how how many people they reject. And um a lot of people feel that that's, you know, unfair because the, the U.S. rankings does not measure what kind of learning goes on once you get into the school. And to me, that's what counts, is what kind of experience... Is your child getting once they get to college you know are they having what, are, is it rigorous academics do they have relationships with the professors do they collaborate with other kids i mean there's a lot of things that are really um, important beyond how how selective is a school
2: yeah now you say that there are some resources uh it can make research easier on picking what, what school may be right for you. What are some of those resources?
3: Right. Well, one of them is it's it's a really neat way of uh, a, kind of an alternative to uh, U.S. News and World Report is something called the National Survey of Student Engagement. And if you if you just Google National Survey of Student Engagement, you'll learn about this organization that has really tried over the years to um, measure the quality of uh, schools actual academics, and they do, there's hundreds of schools that cooperate with this survey, and the kids are uh, questioned every year about questions like how much time do kids spend in homework, um, what kind of thinking do assignments require, I mean, is it rote stuff, is it just multiple choice questions, they have a lot of papers, um, how accessible are the faculty, and in the past, t- to get sp- schools to allow um, the organization to come in and ask these kind of questions, the uh, results were were private, but now um, US, USA Today is now um, publishing these survey results. So that is one way to, if you go to USA Today and, and just type in National Survey of Student Engagement, you might be able to find um, Schools that you're interested in. And in fact, if you go to the National Survey of Student Engagement's website, you can find the schools that have been cooperating uh, through this, and I'd highly, you know, recommend it because it's. And also, if you go to the site, you can also find they have a little booklet that explains some of the questions that you should be asking when you go to a school. Um, you know, instead of just. Um, you know, what's the meal plan like or, no. you know. That sort
2: of thing. And another resource you have is, is called the College Navigator. What can that be used for? Mm-hmm.
3: Um, well, that can um, – that is – I was kind of talking about that originally, that you can find out lots of things, including, you know, the graduation rate, for instance. Well, actually – oh, that's the federal one. That's another one. If you type in College Navigator, it, this is um, – Data is collected by the National Center for Education Statistics, and for instance, you can find schools, if you're interested, say, in occupational therapy, for instance, and you're not sure where you want to go, you can just type that in, designate what kind of region of the country you want to go, and it will provide all the schools with that major. Uh, for instance, when I did it for the book, I just typed in occupational therapy without designating any region, and I got uh, 88 hits from like Alabama State to Xavier University in Cincinnati. Um, and- when you go to that site you can you can type in any school and you can get all sorts of data on admission statistics, graduation, retention rate which is also crucial. I mean, how many kid are kids happy when they go to that school? How many freshmen stay till their sophomore year? That's that's something that you should be asking and that's that's at the college navigator.
2: Another resource you talk about is the Common Data Set. Why do you talk about that? Right.
3: Well, I find the Common Data Set is extremely valuable. In fact, um, I used it myself for my kids. Um, The Common Data Set tells you, for instance, you know, earlier I was talking about how if you need financial aid, you should look for schools that uh, give more grants than loans that are really good with financial aid. Or if you are, you know, affluent, you should look for schools that give merit money. And through the common data set, you can find out, you can answer those questions. Each school in the country fills out this common data set every single year. And to find any school's common data set, just Google it. Like, Google University of Southern California and common data set, and you will find it. I mean, most, a few schools do not put it on their website, but you should be able to contact them and ask for it. And basically. Every school fills this out, it's all standardized because this is what they give US News and World Report and Princeton Review and Fisk when they're doing their their annual publication. And if you So they're all standardized. So, you know, UCLA's common data set looks exactly like Harvard's common data set. So it will be really easy to navigate. And one of the things when you're looking at financial aid, if, if the school gives a lot of merit money or financial aid, you can look at the common data set and figure that out. Another cool thing you can do, there's a lots of statistics, but another one is how many kids um, are girls versus boys that go to the school and also who apply? Because some schools, particularly some private liberal arts schools, you have more girls going to these schools than boys. And so sometimes they will give boys preferential treatment, and you can find that out on the common data set, and you'll see, oh, gosh, you know, Uh, The the boys' acceptance rate is, you know, 20% higher than the girls' acceptance rate. So those are all kind of good um, little statistics to know about any particular school.
2: And then you talk about college confidential. uh, Beyond all the statistics, you want of a sense of what the campus is like from a student's point of view as well. Is that right?
3: Right. Well, you know, I mean that that's a that's a fun, you know, website to go to. There's a lot of people who go there and will talk about a particular school or say, hey, I just went on this, you know, uh college trip and I visited this school and this is what I think of it. I mean it's kind of you know, it it's kind of nice just to to see what other people are saying beyond looking at, you know, statistics or of course visiting schools yourself.
2: Yeah. And then your next chapter is on grading academic departments. What are some of the things people should look for in seeing how the academics are, department they may be interested in?
3: Yeah, I mean, most people, I think, just go, oh, well, um, this school is great. It's ranked well, so every department is going to be um, just great, which isn't necessarily true. I mean, I think one of the first things I think you should find out, uh, if your child knows kind of what they want to do, is just research the major, for instance, my son is interested in uh, possibly becoming an engineer, so I ended up uh enrolling him in the American Society for engineering educators it's like for twenty dollars uh, mm-hmm. a year and in return he gets a, uh he got an annual publication about profiles of all the schools that give it, that provide engineering degrees and he gets a quarterly journal of engineering education and then there's a um there's a uh, weekly email on engineering trends, and so you can kind of, by reading all this, uh, kind of get an idea of what's going on in engineering schools. Maybe which ones are good engineering schools, and certainly what are the trends and what you should be asking. Okay, um, and you can a, do that for. There's all sorts of major. You know, there's a there's a. You can do that for. Probably any major under the sun, including majors where you would think nothing is going on, like for instance if you're a, if you 're a, a language major like Spanish or French, you might think well they 've been just teaching it the same way all you know for decades, which is kind of true, but if you read the um, if you belong joined the modern Language association, they have uh, a publication for people who belong to that. And they've been talking in the Modern Language Association about how. Um Cutting edge schools are now changing the way they teach languages. They don't want to just teach literature after you've learned the basics of a language. They want to incorporate that in many other disciplines. So you learn about if you're a Spanish major, learn about you know the Mexican economy or the Spanish economy. Don't you know it's not focused on literature anymore? So there are so many things that are going on, changing in all sorts of majors, from philosophy to you know architecture. That if you start you know, fiddling around on, um, like, Google and finding organizations, education organizations, that are linked to your particular kid's major, you can learn a lot. And then you're going to become educated and be able to ask much more intelligent questions.
2: And you also say it's important to grade the professors, see how the professors are graded. What are some of the websites you talk about there to find out about professors? Uh,
3: Well, you know, there's some, um, yeah, little, little, like, rank the professors, um, you know, and... Like ratemyprofessors.com, there's pickaprofessor, professorperformance.com. Uh, you know, I think it couldn't hurt to go look at those. In fact, there was a research that someone did at Marist College in New York who um, concluded that uh, the quality of instruction, there was a link between that and what the kids, how they rank professors. Mm-hmm. So that's just, you know, it's just one little piece of the pie. You know, but there's a lot you can you know you can do. Another thing that you could ask about when you're looking at um, particular departments within a school is is are they providing undergraduate research opportunities, which, which has become yeah. very hot now. Is you know it used to be just graduate students got to help professors with 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 research, but now a lot of um, undergraduates or an increasing number. And it doesn't have to just be the sciences, you know, you would think of, uh, you know, uh, chemistry major working with a professor, but now even humanities majors. For instance, in my book, I mentioned University of Delaware has a lot of, uh, research opportunities for humanities majors. So that's just another thing to, you know, ask about when you're, um,
2: your sense is that Research. a lot of people don't do the things you're talking about here. They don't really...
3: Oh, right. I mean, most people, they just look at U.S. News and World Report and try to get into the school that's got the highest ranking they could possibly get into. Or they just so I'm just going to go to the state university, you know, down the road.
2: I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Good. Well, we're going to get into this more detail after the break. Uh, this, again, is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Lynn O'Shaughnessy, who's a personal finance journalist. She's done a book called The College Solution a guide for everyone looking for the right school at the right price. Her website is thecollegesolution.com, And we'll be back after this.
0: The Bottom Line in Business. Voice America Business.
1: Voice America Business. Small Business Owners. Do you want answers to your most pressing financial concerns? Do you want to stop stressing about money and finally understand how to create wealth? Let Elizabeth Potts Weinstein and the Wealth Spa Radio Show answer your most pressing financial and legal questions about your small business and help you achieve business success and the lifestyle of your dreams easier and faster than you could imagine. The Wealth Spa Radio Show broadcasts live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Radio Network. both their products and services are invited to become members of the money answers network the public can sign up for membership in the money answers network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources to learn more visit www.moneyanswers.com get ahead with money answers
0: the internet's only all business and financial radio network voice america business
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Lynn O'Shaughnessy, who is a personal finance journalist and writer, author of the book The College Solutions, A Guide for Everyone Looking for the Right School at the Right Price. And her website is thecollegesolution.com. Welcome back to the show, Lynn. Thanks, Jordan. We want to talk about the college admissions process now. You right. talk. You have a whole thing on the nuts and bolts of college admission. And, right. and why don't you just give us some basic highlights from that okay. as to how people should go through the entire process? process and not go crazy.
3: Right. Well, I think one of the important things, if you want to get money from a school, if you, and who who doesn't, basically, I mean, there are very few people who will go, okay, I don't mind paying a quarter million dollars for a college education. I mean, of course, most schools don't cost that much, but still, we all would like to get a discount, right? So one of the keys to doing that is once you've figured out, you know, okay, I'm in line to get need-based aid, or no, I'm not, but I want to get some merit aid, how, you need to find schools that will give you that. And, and the schools, so even if you find a school that, say, is really good and gives a lot of merit packages, what you need to do is position yourself, position your kids, or find schools that will want to give your child money, okay? Now, if you, like a lot of kids, they go, okay, I'm going to apply to these REACH schools, if you apply to a REACH school and you're kind of in the bottom of the barrel of the kids who have been accepted, chances are you're going to get very little to nothing because the school doesn't really want you. School gets excited about giving really good financial aid packages or merit aid packages if your child is in say the top 25 to 30 percent of the kids who are applying to that school. <clears throat> which means your kid is in the you know top twenty five thirty percent of the SAT scores or the GPA. Now a lot of parents will go oh my god my kid bombed on the SAT. Well you know that's becoming less and less of an issue because a lot of schools today are uh, particularly um, a lot of private schools but an increasing number of um, public universities are too are not are awarding are not asking for the SAT. So if your kid bombed on the SAT, there's there's over 760 schools that no longer require it. Hmm. Now, some may require that you prove that you're in a certain rank, class rank of the school, or they may require an interview, or they may want teach more, teacher teacher recommendation, something. But there is so much hope now for kids who don't test well. So don't be discouraged if your kid doesn't have a good SAT. They could still, if they have a, you know, a good GPA, they could get in. And then plus there's a lot of schools that even if you don't have a 4.0, you could have a 3.5, a 3.2, a 3.0, there will school, schools that will give you um, a good merit package. Okay, but you just have to, you know, see where your kid fits. If your kid is a 3.0 student, they're hoping to get money from Carnegie Mellon, they're not, it's not going to happen, okay? But if you're kind of in the pack, and then there's extenuating circumstances like I mentioned before. If you're a kid from, you know, Oregon, or, and you're applying to a school in South Carolina or Pennsylvania, there's more of a chance that a school wants you because of your diversity. Another way is if you a school might want you, even if your grades and GPA isn't as good as some other kids, if you have a special talent, like you are a whiz, you're a wonderful cello player, or you're a fabulous lacrosse player, or, you know, you're a whiz at the computer, you know, anything like that, some kind of a talent, you're more inclined to get money from a school
2: as well. Talk a little bit about the, the college essay. Uh, you, you talk about the do's and don'ts of the uh, college essay. What right. are Briefly, some of the do's and don'ts.
3: Well, one of the things that you should do is, um, you know, kind of find your own voice. This is not not a term paper, you know, whereas a lot of English teachers, when you're in high school, you can't use the first person, you can't use I, but they want you to do that in an essay. They want to know how you tick. And... um, One of the things that you should um, think about when you're writing essays is um, don't write what everybody else has. For instance, you know, I'm here in San Diego, and I was listening to an administrator at University of San Diego talk about the thousands of college essays he's written, uh, read over the years, and he says there's so many of them about building houses for poor people in tijuana you know it 's like oh my god he's he 's so tired of those things um, and you know that 's just specific to Southern california, but i 'm sure every region in the country has something that everybody writes about to death. Another one that um, college admission counselors are tired of is the is the uh, essay about you know uh, sports. Like you kicked the winning soccer goal, or you know your your baseball team went to the state championship and you hit the game-winning home but they've run.
2: They've seen it over and over. Huh? They've
3: seen it, but you know the thing is, you could turn something like that into a winning essay, but it has to talk about how it affected you. You know how you personally were affected, not about you know what it was you did. Yep. Um, that's that's really. Uh, you really have to, to stand out
2: and, and not give them the, what, the, kind of the common thing that everybody else is giving them. Right, yeah. right. And then just talk a little bit about the uh, college interview and what are some – are interviews more or less important these days and what are some things that kids should look for in doing
3: the well, interview? Well, you know, most of the interviews are the, the private schools. And, um, like I have in my book, I mentioned, uh, an example. My daughter, we, she interviewed at Dickinson College in Pennsylvania, which is a lovely school. In fact, it was her, ended up her second choice. But the admission, the head of admissions there asked my daughter, what is the most creative thought you've ever had? Well, you know, who could think of, you know, you're on the spot, you're in the guy's office, you're trying to think furiously, what could I possibly think, right? Mm-hmm. And she just blurted out about how, she wanted to learn how to use chopsticks with her left hand because she thought this would impress colleges. I mean, what? But, you know, it was a silly answer, but, um, you know, it didn't really matter because she kind of, you know, gave an answer on the fly and she should think didn't of let these it
2: things in advance is what you're saying. Pardon me? You should think of these things in advance.
3: Well, but I mean she handled it just fine and she yep. ended up she's very gregarious and she started being very enthusiastic about talking about eating kung pao chicken with her left hand and uh in fact, the the interview went on for for 35 minutes longer than it was supposed to. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is college interviewers, the admission officers, they like kids. They want them to succeed. They're not asking questions hoping to trip them up. They just want to get a sense of what kind of kid, you know, they're interviewing. Yeah. So I wouldn't, you know, just be yourself and don't worry that there's no right or wrong answer.
2: Okay, now I want to get into the financial aspect a little bit more. Uh, And, again, I'm speaking with Lynn O'Shaughnessy, uh, who's written a new book called The College Solution, A Guide for Everyone Looking for the Right School at the Right Price. And her website is thecollegesolution.com. You talk about various ways of economizing uh, for college, Uh, the first one being shrinking the college tab. What are some ways that people can uh, shrink what they need to pay for tuition?
3: Um, Well, I think, you know, the best way is to just find, you know, a school that, that wants your child that you that fits academically and financially, um, and that is the best thing I think you can do to um, shrink the cost. Because if you can get a nice, I mean, today across the country, the tuition discount for a private school today, the average tuition discount is thirty three and a half percent, and for public schools, it's uh, over f- about fourteen percent. So if you, you know, if you try to, you know, match your child academically and financially, um you're in a much better chance of getting money. And if you're just
2: Do you just ask for discounts or how does this actually work?
3: Well, that's true. I mean, you know, like I said, the first thing is if you're if you if you need merit money, you don't qualify for financial aid, you then you focus on these schools that give merit money and you can find that out through, you know, looking at common data sets or even talking to the school or going on their website. A lot of schools have a ton of information about their scholarships on the website. Or you can even call a financial aid officer. So it's not really hidden. Okay, so once you look, you look for schools that is a good match, and then let's say you apply, you apply to some really good matches, um, you get all these financial aid packages back, right? Now, what if you don't have enough money? I mean, you can ask for them to reconsider. The A package. I mean, you should give them reasons why. You know, I gosh, this is my first choice, my daughter's first choice, but we just can't swing it. And here's why. And you know, you can be specific. Um, and another way to get money is is be strategic about where you apply in the first place. For instance, um, if you're uh, if you apply to schools that are natural rivals with each other. You know, like, say, um, Case Western Reserve and Carnegie Mellon and University of Rochester. They're all kind of, you know, schools that are good in science and engineering. Let's say you applied to all three of those Mm -hmm. and you really wanted to go to University of Rochester, but Case Western gave you a better deal. You can go back to University of Rochester and say, geez, I really want to go to your school, but look what these other... You, know, you can
2: play them off against each other then.
3: Yes, you can. You shouldn't be obnoxious about it. And you, they don't like the word negotiate, you know, don't use the N word. But you can, yeah, They, in fact, they don't like it, but they do it.
2: And then you actually say there's some freebies and best buys as well. What are some examples of some of those?
3: Um, well, there are some schools that are um, free, you know, tuition and or um, uh room and board. I mean, there aren't many of them, but they they are around. One of them is uh, the Olin School of Engineering, which is a wonderful, wonderful school. Um, it's in uh, Boston. And, you
2: said. Yes, said.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and then
2: you've got Cooper Union.
3: Cooper Union, right. And there's this little school called uh, Deep Springs, mm-hmm. which is this funky little out in the middle of nowhere in, in the desert in Southern California. It straddles the um, Nevada-California line, and it only accepts 26 students, all boys. Mo- they're all brilliant. Most of them have cl- earned close to a perfect SAT score, and it's just a two-year school, and then these kids tend to head off to all sorts of very elite schools, you know, H- Yale, Harvard, University of Chicago, those kind of places. Um, Obviously it's not for everyone, and they don't take most kids anyway, but that is, it is a you know interesting uh, alternative if you've got a very, very bright boy um, and then there's working colleges which um, these th- these working colleges there used to be tons of them a hundred years ago or um, but not anymore, but there are some that do not charge uh, tuition for instance. Berea College in Berea, Kentucky College of Ozarks in Missouri and Alice Lloyd College in Pippa Passes, Kentucky
2: Okay, (laughs) some interesting things.
3: I know.
2: (laughs) Couldn't be the first place people would mostly uh, take a look at. Right. (laughs) Very good. All right, we're going to go to a break Uh, fascinating stuff on college I'm talking to uh, Lynn O'Shaughnessy uh, who's got a new book out called The College Solution, A Guide for Everyone Looking for the Right School at the Right Price She has a website collegesolution.com. She's got a, a blog there as well. We'll be back after this.
0: The Bottom Line in Business. Voice America Business.
1: Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business.
0: The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome
2: back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Lynn O'Shaughnessy, who is a personal finance writer and the author of a new book called The College Solution, a guide for everyone looking for the right school at the right price. He also has a website, com. Welcome back to the show, Lynn.
3: Thanks, Jordan.
2: Let's talk money now. Uh, you, you talk about uh, capturing private scholarships. Right. Uh, is there a lot of money there that most people don't seem to be aware of?
3: Well, you know, it's funny because most people assume that that's the place to go for money for college. And frankly, that is not going to be as lucrative as the other um, um, strategies I have in my book, for instance, trying to find, you know, the right school academically that will give your kid money. I mean, that's far more of a, a better approach than to finding private scholarships, one of which is because the private scholarship, I mean, it does take a lot of work, but even beyond that, um, the average private scholarship is less than $2,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and most Private scholarships only last for um, a year anyway. Yeah. And the other problem with private scholarships is that if you get a private scholarship and you are uh, qualified for financial aid and a, and a school gives you a financial aid package, they can take, they will take the money you get from a private scholarship and deduct it off what they were going to give you. So it's really oh, well, lousy. Well, it can help you if they deduct the amount of the loan they said you have to take out. Okay. No. But if they take out the free money, the grants, then you're no better. You know, it, it's all for naught.
2: Really, and then you have a chapter on student loans. Uh, right. Particularly lately, there's been a lot of uh, change in the student loan market with the the credit crisis, and uh, the, you know, it's been much more difficult for people to get student. What, what is well, the uh, situation today in student? I loans? think
3: it's. I, I think that the lending community has wanted kids to panic uh, for. for uh, about the availability of loans though there's you know if you go to a, a vast majority of schools there's going to be no problem and even if there was a problem schools can switch over to the direct federal pro loan program mm-hmm. so it's all really i think a lot of noise to let the lenders get some better deals from congress i mean that's i think the bottom line i mean there's not there the where there's been some issues with availability is with uh private Uh, I mean, for-profit schools, like trade schools, Mm -hmm. where there's been, um, you know, not a real great, um, um, there's been some, a lot of defaults. And frankly, some of those private, uh, you know, trade schools, kids could be, I think, much better off going to community colleges where the prices are far, far cheaper.
2: Yeah. So. So you're saying that um, if loans are available, but the interest rates may be a little bit higher today than in the past. Well,
3: the thing is, the problem that people have is is knowing which loans to get. I mean, if you're going to need to to borrow for college, and most people are, um, you should be looking at the federal loans first. Now, some kids they they don't do that. They're not. They don't even know the difference between, say, a private loan. And a federal loan, the federal loans are far, far better, one because um, the rates are lower, and they're also everybody qualifies for the same rates okay um, right now the, the loan that the first loan that a family should take out is a Stafford loan. Stafford loans are federal loans they it's the It's the child who has to borrow the money. Um, and that is the best place because it's the lowest um interest rate. The other federal program that um parents can take borrow through is plus loans parent plus loans and um those are certainly much better than um, private loans the fed the plus interest rate right recently was eight point five percent now for private loans. Uh, in contrast, the, the interest rates are variable. So, and it also depends upon your credit rating. And if a kid is applying for a private loan, oh my god, they have no credit rating. They could, they could get a interest rate of 12, 15, 20%. I mean, it's crazy how, uh, these the interest rates can go sky high.
2: How is the whole scandal about kickbacks? Uh, uh, well, the
3: the, the problem, yeah, that that is really slimy. In fact, in my uh, book, The College Solution, I mentioned one that was, and there was plenty out there, but. Um, The one I mentioned in the book was about the University of Texas, and uh, University of Texas, like a lot of schools, have what they call a preferred lending list. It's like they put all these schools on there are these lenders that say go to these lenders; they're the best. Well, the University of Texas was part of part of their criteria for who they what lenders they put on their list depended upon how uh, what kind of goodies these lenders gave to the people who worked in the financial aid office. So, you know, they had a list. They'd say, okay, this lender gave us lasagna, this lender gave us cupcakes, this lender gave us candy bars. And so that was a criteria, which is crazy. You know, so Has poor kids game- are going and and taking lenders off these lists because somebody so these lenders gave them ice cream sandwiches.
2: Yeah. Now you say there is an upstart lender, My Rich Uncle. Do you think that's a better alternative um, for
3: people? Well, My Rich Uncle is a is a good um company. And that's the website mywrenchuncle.com. dot com. There's a lot of you know good companies in California. There's a lender that um, is a good one, allstudentloans.com. dot com. But are they always going to be the best? Not necessarily. But you need to you should look at you should look at the list that the school has, but then do some research on your own because what you want is the the, the interest rate for a Stafford loan, for instance, was recently six point eight percent. You can there's no federal law that says a lender can't give you less than 6.8%, and some of them do. Um, So you should look to see what kind of discount you get from a lender. For instance, a common one is you can get like a quarter percent Reduction in uh, federal interest uh, interest rate by just agreeing that you will pay the loan automatically through your um, checking or savings account every month, and that is something that I would highly recommend people do because um, one if you don 't pay the loan they can they can hit you with some really onerous fines i mean it 's just can, is is frightening how much trouble some kids have gone have gotten into. For instance, if they if a kid leaves college and goes to their uh, you know moves away and the lender has been sending literature to their old address, hey, if the kid doesn't you know doesn't pay, it won't matter that their that their mail wasn't forwarded.
2: That's really going to hurt their credit record going forward.
3: Oh. Horribly. You say in
2: general there have been a lot of default debacles. Um, I mean, the amount of student loans that are out there is is huge these days, and right. it's a real burden for a lot of people. Right. What are some of the debacles you're talking about?
3: well uh gosh you know I have in my in my book I mentioned um, a guy who ended he was an engineering major at University of Southern California, and he ended up um, quitting his job he he worked at Caltech he ended up quitting his job right before nine eleven hit so the job that he had lined up didn 't pan out um, so he asked the student lender for uh, uh, a deferral. The student lender said no, even though he should have been able to get it um, and he couldn't pay it for a while because he was unemployed. And he ended up—this <laughs> tells you how much fines can accumulate so quickly. Ultimately, he ended up owing. Well, he ulti- he first owed thirty-one thousand for his college debt because he couldn't pay the the loans for a while, and they wouldn't give him a a deferral. He ended up owing over a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. I mean, it's just frightening. And he actually, for those that want to know more about this, he has a website studentloanjustice.org. I mean, now he's devoted to trying to help people avoid the kind of problem that he encountered.
2: We have about a minute to go. Why don't you just kind of do a brief summary of, of the hopefulness that you have in your book, College Solution, about how people can, in fact, find great colleges and finance in right. ways they might not think are possible.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think the main thing to take away today is that College. The cost of college is like don't don't think about the sticker price. The sticker price truly is meaningless. I mean, there are you can get a, a, a child who a school wants, they will give them a much better deal. That's that's the goal is is to find a school that really wants your child and is willing to give them a lot more money than you could ever think is possible.
2: Thanks so much, Linda. It's really been fascinating. People who are much better armed now in knowing what to do about the whole college situation, picking a college and getting financing for it. Well, I've been thanks speaking so much. with Lynn O'Shaughnessy, uh, whose new book is called The College Solution, a guide for everyone looking for the right school at the right price. You can also check it out at her website, which is thecollegesolution.com, where she has things on the book and also a blog. Thanks so much for being on the show, Lynn.
3: Thanks so much for inviting me. I had a great time.
2: All right. Well, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you again next week.
3: Okay.